Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at ChooseWood.com. From the St. Louis Public Radio Newsroom, this is The Gateway. It's Tuesday, July 30th. I'm Wayne Pratt. Ahead, there are plenty of barriers for minority-owned businesses hoping to get into the medical marijuana space. One minority ownership group in St. Louis is hoping to take root in communities of color. Ideally, what we want to do is put our dispensaries in those communities, but also take a person and help them grow, help them learn a business. St. Louis Public Radio's Corinne Ruff explores some challenges and opportunities for minorities in the medical marijuana industry. First, the news. More than half of Missouri's counties have been approved for federal disaster aid following this year's flooding and tornadoes. Governor Mike Parson has announced the Federal Emergency Management Agency has approved assistance for governments and nonprofits in 68 counties affected by storms and high water from late April through early July. Preliminary assessments have identified nearly $50 million in public costs, mostly roads and bridges, buildings and utilities. Missouri's Emergency Management Agency says the state hopes to conduct damage assessments in more than 20 additional counties that could be added to the federal disaster declaration. That includes St. Louis and Jefferson counties. Federal public assistance was also approved earlier this year for flooding that occurred in March and April. The decision by a mobile payment company to place its St. Louis operations in downtown St. Louis means hundreds of square workers will eventually be leaving the Cortex Innovation District. St. Louis Public Radio's Nicholas Tellup has more on the future of Cortex and the plans for Square in St. Louis. Square will move its 500 St. Louis employees to the St. Louis Post-Dispatch Building downtown over the next few years. The newspaper is relocating next month. As for Cortex, President Dennis Lauer says it's always been the goal for companies to grow and move out of the Central West End campus to other locations in the region. Cortex has a 97% occupancy rate, and there's a list of companies waiting to move into the district. New businesses and expansions of existing occupants will fill the space Square leaves behind. The post-dispatch building has space for 1,400 employees, leaving Square with the ability to expand. I'm Nicholas Tellup, St. Louis Public Radio. Democratic Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker is sidestepping questions about whether he still has confidence in Michael Madigan. Madigan is the longtime Illinois House Speaker and is also chairman of the state's Democratic Party. Several news organizations have recently reported that some of Madigan's close acquaintances have been the subject of raids by federal agents. Charges have not been filed. Pritzker is taking a wait-and-see approach. Allegations are just that, and so we'll we'll see. I haven't actually seen what those allegations might be. I mean, I think at this point, um, there are a number of people being contacted. You know, we've read the stories that you all have put out, uh, but it's hard to tell what it's really all about. Chicago Public Radio Station WBEZ reported earlier this month that investigators searched the home of former Chicago Alderman Michael Zaleski looking for records related to Madigan. There are a lot of barriers for minorities seeking a medical marijuana business license. Missouri will start taking applications Saturday. 
St. Louis Public Radio's Corinne Ruff speaks with an African-American ownership group hoping to get at least one of the nearly 350 licenses to be awarded by the state. So we have the dispensary that will be separated from the broader... Cheryl Watkins-Moore is showing off a space that she hopes will become the flagship dispensary of Real Cannabis Co. Right now, the empty building in the Del Mar Loop is still undergoing renovations, but she can already picture it. These are like small offices, but we envision having comfortable seating. People can come in, be able to browse retail as well as get a coffee. Once your number is called or whatever, it's very discreet. Watkins Moore is the chief strategy and marketing officer of the company, which is seeking to be one of the first recipients of a medical marijuana business license in St. Louis. If that happens, the company would become one of a small number of African-American owned and operated marijuana businesses in the country. Nationally, the demographic makes up just 4% of the industry. Watkins Moore says there are a lot of barriers to entry for people of color, from a lack of generational wealth and connections to past history with what's been an illegal drug. Our community, especially African-American communities, have been decimated through the war on drugs, right? And a lot of folks who were involved in the illicit form of, of marijuana sales have now been shut out of this industry in, in many ways. Watkins Moore isn't talking about her own experience. She's also a successful biologist and entrepreneur, but she says she decided to join Real Cannabis because she has the connections to help foster its larger mission around building community. That's what convinced St. Louis area resident Justin Gage to get on board too. The former NFL player for the Bears is the chief relationships officer. He says many people of color have a negative association with marijuana. Gage thinks that by putting dispensaries in communities, they will create jobs and maybe entrepreneurs. Take a person and help them grow, help them learn a business, help them learn a trade so that they can pass it on to the next person and grow our community that way. But real cannabis has to get a license from the state first. Unlike states like Massachusetts, Missouri doesn't have a social equity program, which aims to boost participation for minority-owned businesses. Lyndall Fraker, who directs medical marijuana regulation for the state of Missouri, says race, ethnicity, and gender won't be a consideration at all. This will all be done in a blind fashion, so names will be redacted, and it'll be done by a third-party company and not us. So it'll be very transparent and uh, above board. While Missouri's program won't give special consideration to minority-owned businesses, Fraker says the application process will consider how businesses approach diversity. But the biggest barrier to entry for people of color comes even before the application process, finding money to get started. Real Cannabis founder and CEO Derek Mays says he's made a lot of connections as a lawyer, so raising private capital wasn't as big of a problem as he thought it would be. So far, the company has raised over a million dollars, and they also found a bank willing to work with them, which makes a big difference. When you tell an investor that you're in this space and that you're banked, that gives you a level of credibility that a lot of other organizations just don't have. So it enabled us to go out and raise more money. Most minority-owned businesses don't have the connections or the capital that Mays and his team have. But advocacy organizations like Minorities for Marijuana are trying to bridge the gap. In April, the nationwide group held its first ever boot camp in St. Louis. Roz McCarthy is the group's founder. She says the goal of the four-week program was to help more minorities think through their business plan and meet with investors. That way, she says, they'd have a better shot at getting a license. It's not easy. 
if we look at a social equity that's been harmed by the war on drugs, now to say we want you to transfer whatever skill set you have, but now you got to be able to compete in this highly regulated market and be successful. Some participants ultimately dropped out of the educational program, but McCarthy says she's encouraged that over 30 people are still planning to apply for a license. By the end of the year, they'll find out if they're going to be a part of the first wave of medical marijuana businesses in Missouri. I'm Corinne Ruff, St. Louis Public Radio. Our Maria Altman edited that report. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. If you like this podcast, write us a review on iTunes or another platform. We'd appreciate it. I'm Wayne Pratt, and from the St. Louis Public Radio newsroom, this has been The Gateway. Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house.